Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, patents. Why do you need them? How do you get them? And why are so many of them just pending? Attorney Michael Cohen is here to answer all of your questions, including why he couldn't patent his name so that people don't confuse him with another attorney named Michael Cohen. And let's sing in harmony. Paula and I get a lesson in barbershop harmonizing with Jeremy Frank. Associate choir master with the Los Angeles Opera. Remember him? Get ready to hear a secondary dominant chord like you've never heard it before. I'm Adam Felber, mental pitch pipe in hand, trying to keep this show in tune. And now, welcome the woman who's always sharp, and in music that's a problem, Paula Poundstone! Well, thank you so much. How lovely to be here. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band, Percussionist Ian Werfel. I love that you're here on a night when we're going to learn harmony. Uh, yes, our band is a rhythm section. Yeah, it doesn't really go together, well, but it doesn't well, matter. It can go together. Paula, oh. you've been traveling as usual, and I understand you had an encounter. I had an encounter. With okay. a jelly donut. With a jelly donut. That's all I have here on the page. I did. I had an encounter with a jelly donut. Okay, tell me about so, it. So when I travel now, I've come up with this new system. Now I've been flying for like 30 Eight years, maybe, conservatively. I think and 37 and a half. But. And perhaps, but it wasn't until just recently that I came up with this brilliant idea, which is that I put um, a blanket all the way over my head. With my baseball cap, it creates sort of a little... Sort of a, a flannel cousin it kind of look. It's a little isolation <laughs> right. uh, room. Now, do you, do you do this at the airport or on the plane? No, I do it on the plane, although... Now that you mentioned it, I may start to do it at the airport. I'm sorry, I mentioned it. <laughs> it's a great idea. Is All it right. really? So the other day, I bought some. I, I, I bought some Dunkin' Donuts, which I try. I don't do unless I'm in the New England area, as a general rule, because they're out in Santa Monica now. But I just feel that it's sacrilege. Uh, but I was in New Hampshire. So you, you think that Dunkin' Donuts are locationally specific? Yeah. Even if they taste the same, you don't want them out here in California. Well, here's the thing. When they opened in Santa Monica, there was a line around the block and a news camera. And I just think that's embarrassing for Santa Monica. And for Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Okay. No, not for Dunkin' Donuts. Just for Santa Monica. Like, okay. look, we never saw a donut before. Uh, yeah. But being a Massachusetts person, you you know. Uh, I lived in Massachusetts for years. Coming, uh, they, Dunkin' Donuts has taken over. Now, it's big donuts. Everything in Massachusetts is a Dunkin' Donuts now. Uh, every few feet, there's another. So I, in protest, I tried. But uh, I was in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I got, well, my regular, which is a chocolate honey glazed and a jelly donut. And uh, Any coffee with that? I got, oh, no, I don't believe in it. 
Because uh, a lot of people like Dunkin' Donuts for the coffee. You don't want to cut the flavor that way. That's okay. a mistake. Okay. Um, so, uh, in fact, had I had coffee, So a I honey can't... maple chocolate glaze and a, and a jelly donut. Yeah. So now I get on the plane. I, I put the blanket over my head, creating this little world that I live in. And I, I reach down and, I, and I pull up my bag <laughs> of donuts and I begin to eat, which must have been, I'm sure the person beside me could just hear like, like inside. Uh, and at one point I looked down and I was toward the end of my jelly donut. And there's the distribution of jelly and donut has never been right to begin with. In a jelly um, donut? Yeah. It's often ir- irregular. I think it has yeah. to do with gravity. It's just, there's just, you know, you get down the end and you're mm-hmm. really, yeah. you're really, uh, it's very difficult to get the right amount of jelly with that last bit well, of because, donut. Well, because of gra- you've been holding the, the jelly donut vertically and I feel like a lot of that jelly has been kind of, Working its way downwards. No, my problem is you get to the end and there's still there's not enough jelly oh, to okay. complete I stand properly. Corrected. I don't eat yeah. jelly donuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you've experienced gravity. But yes. I think in this case it's not the problem. So, anyways, I I I glance down and I see jelly on the remaining part of the donut. I feel like you you're know, recounting something traumatic here. It is. Do, do you need to show us show us on the doll where the jelly went? Keep in keep in mind it's dark in there. Yeah, yeah. In your right? isolation chamber. I haven't installed lights uh, under my. <laughs> hat brim yet. Oh, um, but they, I they make those, you know. Yeah, well, uh, Wendell probably will do that. So I look down, there's a little bit of, you know, like a dollop of jelly. And I look back a second later and I don't see, and, the, and then I, and I think, uh-oh, I've The spilled, jelly's gone. I've spilled the jelly. Somewhere. Right? Yeah. And I kind of look around and I don't, I'm like, eh, it must just be my imagination. I didn't have, I didn't see what I thought I saw. So I finished <laughs> I finished the donut. I, I slide my glasses into my pocket and I fall asleep. Now still later, under the blanket. Still under the blanket. Later I decide that I'm gonna read and I reach and I take my glasses out and yeah. I can I can almost hear the jaws music. Don't 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 Yeah. Uh, we'll teach glasses, you to sing that later today. My glasses were sticky. It's a half step. You know what that means? What? That means the jelly fell into the pocket yeah. of my jacket. Yeah, that's going to happen. Has, it's like my jacket is like my office. That jacket right. has got to be like 50 pounds. It's it's a Scotty vest before the Scotty vest was invented. I got okay. every. I have a little copy of the Constitution. Well, not anymore. In, no, I do still. Now you have the in, jelly station. Now, and I'm not a, a constitutional law professor, but I do you know. Are not. That the pages aren't supposed to stick together like that. <laughs> no. It was an easily an hour of cleaning to get through the, you know, just there in the in the just you cleaned the Constitution. I cleaned the Constitution while I was in the ladies' room okay. uh, in Philadelphia, I believe it was. Uh, <laughs> but man, when I realized that jelly was in there, just uh, you know the pens and the my my itineraries telling me where to go, my airplane tickets. Wow. If I had to present, fortunately my luggage came up. But if I had had to present. My luggage tags to pick, you know, if say it didn't come up, I don't think they would have taken it. Wow! I would have just lost my luggage. They would have said there's jelly on there. Yeah. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of luggage, there's a lot to unpack here, Paula. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with the wisdom of your your little blanket based pup tent. No, the blanket-based pup tent has been working out spectacularly. Well, I think I can see that you think so, but that might be the oxygen good. deprivation talking. No, I don't think it's good for dining. I don't think it's good for breathing. For, no, it's fine for... It's a thin blanket. Okay. Get under this blanket I have here now. Uh, oh. 
It, you know what it is? This is very cozy. It's the invisibility cloak. That's what right. it is. I go under the invisibility cloak and no I one knows I'm there. I can't imagine what it's like to sit next to you on a plane where there's this individual covered with a blanket and there's slurpy jelly sounds coming from within well, it. Well, I think people are comforted when I put the blanket over me because what it means is I'm not going to be interrupting them. It definitely means I told that. you about the time Gina Davis sat beside me and I kept yes. trying to engage her in conversation. Right. And, if she uh, knew the blanket trick, it, well, she would have been saved a lot of aggravation. If she, <laughs> if she had seen me put the blanket over my head, right. you know what? I still would have talked to her. I I'm starting just to think it. that maybe I, I should bring an emergency like, blanket to this podcast. I would, I would have just, I would have had my blanket with my hat brim underneath, and I still would have turned to Gina Davis. And said. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, I kept trying to get her to talk to me. I know. I said, what are you going to do during cross check? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I remember that story. Nothing from you, Gina Davis. It's not a good conversation she starter. She wouldn't respond at Nobody all. does anything during cross-check except the people conducting the cross-check. I, did I tell you that I went into the bathroom and I painted a target on my back? Oh, because she's you know, into archery. She's an yeah. archer. Yeah, she's and an I archer. came back. Yeah. And flashed the uh, archery symbol at and, her from and, my and the back. Target, the bullseye. Nothing, not really? a peep out of. Yeah, well, what is she supposed to say about that? I noticed you have a target. If we were in out in the open, I w- I might shoot she, you. No, she could have gone into the overhead compartment and gotten out her bow and arrow. You know, she had it with her. I don't. Yeah, no, yeah. she did. No, I, she I did. feel like the TSA might have had something to say about that. Yeah, I, no, I think that. I'm still upset that Gina Davis wouldn't talk to me. All right. Um, if any of our listeners happen to know Gina Davis, yeah. let her know that I'm miffed. A little miffed. <laughs> it's been a few years now, right? It doesn't matter. You're to still me, it's like it, it was you. yesterday. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to segue from jelly to another food uh, high in fat content, if that's okay. A food high in fat content? Yes, yes. Let's consider sour cream. Oh, shall we? Specifically daisy sour cream. Now, you might remember, you and I have talked before, that we're going to be testing advertiser claims on this show. And in daisy fact, we advertising did. has one that's very suspect. Very suspect. To, to remind listeners, uh, several months ago, we did Allegra. Yeah. Uh, to see if we remain that, um, in the moment. Yeah, that Allegra helps you stay in the moment. Yeah. And it helped us stay in the moment a little bit, I guess. I don't think I stayed in the moment. No, no, no. you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like, what's that thing that you do where you breathe and you think? Meditate. You, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it made you ruminate. Yeah. Yeah, Allegra made you ruminate. <laughs> yeah. Which is a terrible it slogan. It didn't keep me in the, yeah, yeah, yeah so, ruminate. So now you've seen an ad for Daisy Sour Cream. You want to tell us about it so our listeners can know what we're doing right here? Uh, yeah, well, what is it? It says, uh, life tastes better. I know I can't remember what he said. What is it? It says life, life ta- tastes better with Daisy. Life tastes better with Daisy. In fact, there's a, there's a jingle, isn't there? Can we play the jingle? There's a jingle that we got a hold of. Today is the day and it's gonna be great. The clouds are as fluffy as the eggs on your plate. With Daisy, there's a better way. Go out and squeeze today. Oh, I like it. The next thing you know, it's a quarter to noon. You need a quick bite, but you don't need a spoon. You can dip or dollop your way. Go on and squeeze today. Dip or dollop, Paul. You can do it cool. You can do it crazy. Life tastes better when you do it with Daisy. There it is. Oh, that's that's nice. Life tastes better when, when you, you do, do it with, it with Daisy. Daisy. How that's many times better. has Donald Duck said that? Many a time. <laughs> Unintelligible, but he says it a lot. What's all that quacking in the other room? Life tastes better when Life you do it with Daisy. Life better to Donald Duck right now. So, um, wow. we wow. brought some... Uh, Someone wrote that, Adam. Someone wrote that and yeah. submitted it. Yes. And a whole room full of suits said, that sounds good. Yeah. And they, they accepted the lyric, uh, dollop. Or what was it? A, a dollop or spoon or something? And it, you can do. Lyric, you, you need a quick bite, but you don't need a spoon. I think right. That was there, there was that was. one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a couple of suspect lyrics there, uh, especially like you could do it cool or you could do it lazy. 
yeah. I don't think of cool and lazy as antonyms. <laughs> Just right here. I think you could be cool and lazy at the same time. I think that's yeah. one of you the can, things about you do being it cool. cool. Or you could do it lazy. Right, and it should be you could do it cool, you know, like lazy. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It, yeah. Cool is kind of, can it's, be kind of kickback. Yeah. yeah, it's very sus- It's very suspect. It's certainly it not cool, an antonym. Or you can do it lazy. So if anybody knows the jingle writer here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the, the whoever wrote the music off the hook, but whoever wrote the lyrics... Those lyrics were obviously a compilation of uh, right. the advertiser, the client, right. the performer. Right. A lot of people joined in. That's, right. a, the, that's a group project. The, the client probably said, can we get the word dollop in there? Yeah. yeah dolloping cli- is yeah. very important in the sour cream world. Yeah. Now, our listeners will hear me opening a container right now. You and there I, it is. this show, are going to put to the test the idea okay. that life tastes better when you do it with Daisy. Life, oh, I can't wait. And because we do not have an animated duck to have sex with, we're just going to have to do it with the sour cream. Wait, speak for yourself. Oh, you do? Oh, so you're going to use a Dorito. I'm going to use a potato chip. We're going to dip this in here. Um, and uh, Oh, you know what? I was accidentally doing it with a penguin. My mistake. Oh, yeah. That's um, not going to help anybody. Uh, I think it's illegal. Oh, my gosh. Mmm. Mmm. Well, is your life tasting better? Hold on. I need another bite. Yeah, I'm going to need one my, of these, My life... Uh, I have to say, this is... um. This is really tasty. It shouldn't be surprising because, you know, you make a because nice... Because you already heard it in the ad. Yeah, and you make a nice chip dip um, out of sour cream and like usually like some kind of French onion soup. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to that store. Buy yourself that Lipton French onion soup mix. Mix it in with 16 ounces of sour cream. You got yourself an onion dip for a party, Paula. Wow. All we need now is a party. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, mm. uh, all right. All right, I'm going to say so we'll just, I say we move along, we see how our lives go. We'll see how our lives go, because I'll say my chip tastes better when I do it with Daisy. Yeah. But I'm not sure my life has improved significantly at all. And ironically, we're going to be singing later on this episode. So the idiocy of us scheduling a dairy product in Act 1 <laughs> and a Wait, singing thing in Act 3 what does that have is, to is do just with now it? occurring to me. I had no way. What does that have to do with well, it? Well, singers, and, and we, ha- we have uh, Jeremy in the corner of the room. He's nodding up and down. Um, <laughs> singers really shouldn't take in dairy products right before they sing. Some don't take in dairy products for days before they sing. That's absurd. What about the cow sills? Well, that's just their name. The group, the cow sills. Yeah, but they're not. They used to do an ad for dairy products. Well, they, yeah, but they could, they could be drinking fake dairy products. They weren't. They said they weren't. They well, still, they, didn't they do an ad for milk years ago, the cow sills? I, I w- if I were a milk advertiser, I might hire the cow sills because of their name. Yeah. It's possible. But you, they, I would get bet that they didn't have milk. Yeah, no, this was their theme song. Because listen to us already. We're no, getting kind of phlegmy. No, not me. This was, <clears> this <throat> was their theme song. Uh, their theme song was milk. Drink it every day. All right. I think that tells you all, all you need to My know about that. My Luigi could advertise for milk because he, he makes a sound a lot. Luigi. My cat Luigi, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's got, that cat's like, he's like a 15-pound cat. I just right. had him at the vet on Sunday, and the vet said, because he has bad teeth, and the vet said, uh, is he having a hard time eating? Mm. I go, he's 15 pounds. I think he's doing just fine yeah. with his eating. Yeah, I'm going to cover up this um, this sour cream right now because I, I can barely speak now. That, I can't imagine how the singing is going to go. That's ridiculous. <gasps> it's not no, really ridiculous. Some, is it, who told you that? Everybody knows that. No, Actors oh, know oh it. Oh, my God. I'm talking to Donald Trump. What do you mean everybody knows that? People, People are saying. Are saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing. I know it. You know it. <laughs> no. All right. Are there any actors or singers around the room who have heard this? I see one yes. Obviously, Jeremy, a yes. Bonnie, your manager, Captain Crinkle, has heard it. <laughs> <laughs> you are totally suggestible. 
It's not. Like, you could be faith healed. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. I could use one right now to, to yeah. sort of like cast out the phlegm. Cast out the phlegm. From my That's throat. what they do. All right. So, Paula, I understand you have a new word that you want to stretch your vocabulary mm. with this week. Because every week, lately, you've been introducing a new word in a in a uh, attempt to expand your own vocabulary and maybe our listeners. Because it's, you know... Yeah. I mean, the truth is, I love doing this podcast, but it's not the story. You know, I'm not making money. Let's just be right. clear about that. Yeah. So I feel- Because you, you haven't picked up all the personal endorsements that I have. No, well, milk's coming after me yeah. after this one. Big, big milk, for after sure. After today. Yeah, because you'll, you'll be yeah. on the side of a milk carton yeah. with your thumbs up saying, great for singing. Yeah, great for- yeah. Great, Utterly great for singing. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. you have a new word for it. Squeeze and pull with Paula Poundstone. That's going to be my new. Wow. <laughs> you get right to the utter part yeah. of it. Yeah. Go, I do. I go, go right, right at it. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been all, all right. kinds of things. So, yeah, I, I'm not making, I'm not making, uh, I just was about to say a lot of money. Let's be clear. I'm not making any money. No. Uh, but I would but like to. But our fundraising drive just happened. And I'm sure when the tally is, is done being tallied and it turns out that we did book 10,000 new members. We're trying to increase our <clears throat> membership uh, for yeah. Paul Poundstone. Nobody listens to Paul Poundstone by 10,000. Right. And we've been told point blank by the powers that be at maximum fund that, that this that's is not possible. Not, impo- not possible. And this is where, you know, you dream the impossible dream. Yeah. 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 So we don't have the numbers yet. We will have them soon, but I feel comfortable saying we did it. Let's just. <laughs> we did it. Let's hear it for us. Yeah. yeah fantastic. A fanfare, yeah. My God. Yeah. You know, we were, when yeah. we, when we began recording today, we were at 9,999. Yeah, probably. And within this. As far than, as we know. More than likely. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there's nobody here to tell us yeah, otherwise. because they told us flat out at Maximum Fund that yeah. that's not even not a semi-realistic yeah. goal. And they weren't even kidding. They had no. like firm faces. They yeah, had they like strict like, Don't faces tell on. people you're going to do it. Yeah. They and like, who's laughing now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, who's having maximum fun now? Yeah, right. All right, so, so, oh, so right, so the word. Here's the new word, which I would like to introduce right here and now, and the word is licorice. Licorice. And before you think you know what it means, I already um, do. It is spelled L-I-C-K-E-R-I-S-H. What? My Macmillan Dictionary for Students says it's an adjective, and its number one meaning is craving delicious. Food. So licorice. Licorice. You're feeling licorice. Exactly. Can you use it in a sentence? I certainly will. Okay. Adam, please hand me those double stuff Oreos. I sure am licorice. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress. And yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress. And I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination 
of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Wynn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Licorice. Okay, so you're craving delicious food. Or when I leave my pod dog serious at home, I have to keep him in my room or he'll wander over and eat out of the litter boxes. He's just licorice all of the time. Oh, he's craving delicious food all the time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, here's where here's my problem with the word licorice. Yeah. I think the actual other licorice, the L-I-C-O-R-I-C-E. Yeah. Um, if that's how it's spelled, um, is terrible. I'm not a fan. So, so the, those two words together don't work for me. Oh, well, it's just because I hear licorice different. and I think, yeah, yeah, because you're craving delicious foods, right? And uh-huh. I'm not craving craving licorice. Yeah, now are I, you ever licorice for licorice? Uh, well, I don't crave licorice. No, I okay. crave double stuffed Oreos. Sometimes I crave sure. popcorn. Right. Uh, I crave uh, instant oatmeal. Yeah. I crave uh, uh, fake butter on on uh, raisin bread toasted. Yeah, you crave that all yeah. the time. Uh, you have yeah. like five I'm, of those I'm, a day, right? I'm licorice. Yeah. So uh, let me get this straight. What kind of word was it again? It's an adjective. It's an adjective, yes. I'm craving delicious well, food. Once again, I'm told that we have a contest going on right now. We do. We just launched it for our listeners to use the word licorice in a sentence. I didn't know we had that contest. I didn't either until Wait I read minute. it right here. I'm entering it. We didn't it. discuss that in our production meeting. But post your entry on our Facebook page, and you'll be eligible to win a valuable prize. And that valuable prize is? A fresh bar of hotel soap. A fresh bar of hotel soap garnered illegally from some hotel around the country by not Paula Poundstone. Not illegal at oh, all. I don't of course not illegally. We no, have a lawyer here. We'll talk to him true. about it. No, you get the face soap, and you get the body soap, and yeah. what I do, so people don't think I'm not bathing, Right. I just use one. One soap for both applications, and then I take the other one with me. That's not stealing. No, I guess it's not It would be stealing. stealing if I took the lamp. Well, you're walking out with a wrapped soap. It, it, I just think it's no, questionable, all the, questionable uh, No, all those items belong to you when you rent that room. Okay. Not the bed, not the linens. Don't. All right, well, yeah. hit up our Facebook page or email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com with your licorice in a sentence, and you could win one of these 
apparently not ill-gotten hotel soap bars. Yeah. Um, our lines are open now to take your call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of taking your call, even though the pledge drive is over, you can still go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and become a member of Maximum Fun. I just want to put yeah. that out there. Yeah, it's not just a two-week thing. You no. can become a member anytime you're feeling lonely, anytime yeah. you're feeling bad. Absolutely. Subscribe to us, donate. Yeah, hey, listen, we'll take 2001. Y- yeah, 10,000. 10, 10, Excuse me, my mistake. Ah, we're probably up way above 10,000. At this point, anyway. Oh my gosh, yeah. it just keeps climbing. It sure does. Now, coming up tonight, <laughs> attorney Michael Cohen tells us how to patent your genius invention. And Jeremy Frank, remember him? Yes. Our associate choir master with the Los Angeles Opera. He teaches Paul and me how to sing like we're in a barbershop, but apparently a barbershop that is also a dairy. Now, why would you sing in a barbershop? You'll find out. That's all coming up on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone right after this. Yeah, thank you, house band Ian Werfel. I love having a percussionist here. This is fun. Paula, you have a great idea for a better litter box. I do. Yes. I do. I have a big uh, you know, background and experience right. uh, because I have 14 cats. You do have 14 cats. And uh, why are you inventing? Are there reasons behind this? or uh... Uh, Behind inventing? Yeah, what are you doing here? Why, why are you inventing litter boxes? Well, for one thing, I have almost no income because I have a podcast. Okay. Um, and also right. a leather jacket that needs dry cleaning. Right, because of the jelly. Right, because yeah. I have a lot of cats. I I. I I spend hours sifting. I have six litter boxes, and I sift four I've times a day. I've seen them. And uh, and I have an idea for a litter box that I would like to manufacture. I'm not going to give it? any of the details. Come on, what is it? It's one of those self cleaning litter boxes. No, it's not a self cleaning. Okay, no, it comes with me. Okay. Um, wow, so that's it's like marketable, I guess. Um, so, anyways, I want. You're, so, so you're not going to tell us the idea because you want to jealously guard your secret, and it's not correct. currently patented. It is not patented, and I want to find out what a patent is, and okay. if I need one. Wow. Well, we have someone here who can walk us through all those questions about patents. Cool. We do. You're sitting right across from him. We've just been ignoring him for these last yeah, couple of minutes. I just pretended. Michael that he's Cohen not is here. an intellectual property attorney and the owner of the Cohen IP Law Group. IP stands for intellectual property. Oh, Please I didn't welcome know that. Michael Cohen. Thank you. <laughs> Michael. So, so, Michael, what's a patent? Welcome. What's a patent? Uh, well, the uh, litter box that you're creating, if you apply for a patent with the United States Patent and Trademark Office, mm-hmm. it'll give you a grant to protect it or to exclude others from duplicating it. It'll give you the opportunity to go after them. Wow. All right. Well, that's, that's exactly so, what she wants. Yeah. Because her invention is hot. It's hot. It's Uh-oh. a, it's it's a litter be, box thing. It's going to be hot. Okay. People are going to love it. Um, so what do you do? What does the patent office do? Well, you're not the patent office, but what does the patent no, office I'm a, do? I'm a patent attorney. Okay. And so I help people apply for it. So they come to me. They have their idea, just like what, what Paula has. They tell me in secret, under attorney-client privilege, what it is. Uh-huh. And you're smart not to disclose it. You shouldn't disclose it. You yeah. should disclose it. No, yeah. she, no, she shouldn't disclose, disclose it. it. Yeah. Until after she sees me. Then she, and we okay. file. Then He's got a big bag it. waiting for the money to go into <laughs> I it. I really do. I'm going to clean up and, with this litter box. And then we prepare this application. We file it with the government, the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Then it goes through this rigorous process of review. And then through a period of time, uh, it eventually, hopefully, it will get granted. And then you have a registered patent that gives you all these great rights. Wow. Now, how long between Paula telling you her idea in confidence 
and she's got the patent so she can put it out on the market without somebody stealing it. It depends what kind of patent. There's more than one kind of patent. Oh, okay. there is. And it takes time to prepare these things. So a litter box patent. I'm guessing that's one of the four main ones. <laughs> it is. Uh, and, and it falls under something called a utility patent. A utility so. patent, Util- Paula. Yeah, yeah. That's what you need. That's so, right. so what do you think that means? It, it means you're protecting the utility or the functionality of that invention. That's definitely what, what you want to apply for. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, when you said it goes under review, what does that mean? What are they reviewing? Against other patents, because oh. the whole point of a patent. Oh, oh, so they're trying to see if somebody else already has this kind of litter box Absolutely. invented. Exactly. Got you. So now let's assume that nobody has come up with this cockamamie scheme of Paula's. Nobody before. has. I can already tell you, no one it's has. It's not going to work at all. No, is it's it? going to work. All right. I, I, yeah. I mean, I've already crafted something. Uh, you have a prototype. Not exactly. I mean, there's something that I use that is using the oh, te- this is a technology, oh, okay. if you will. <laughs> the underlying technology. Uh, that, yeah. You have a proof of concept underlying technology thing happening. Yeah. I can okay. already, yeah, I can already prove that it can, that it works. Okay. Uh, I am fascinated by this, but I guess I understand why I can't know. It so, works with 13 of my cats. What about the 14th? Anywhere he wants. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, so that's not your yeah. invention's yeah. problem. That's no. your cat's particular yeah, problem. Which one? is that uh, uh theo theo okay now michael uh back to you for a moment so let's assume paul's invention is a unique and b she actually has one yeah um, what if say okay what if rachel ray uh you know who has that nutrition dog food you have you seen the ads for the nutrition dog her, food? i know of her i haven't uh, seen the product you yeah. see the ad well, she's well, talking, will be all she's talking to the camera, and, in the, and then yes, in I the have. back, a dog is dragging a bag of her dog food off the counter, and she's like, Skippy, why'd you drag my Rachel Ray Nutrish dog food off the counter, she says to the dog. Now, Michael, you're free to file that under extraneous information. <laughs> okay. yeah. No, yeah, this it's is, not. This is not, I'm not, this sure not helping to do you that. at all. <laughs> but she, but this is, she's on her way to a question, but she's, she needed to describe well, this moment. This We're is there. the ad that has popped. Popularized, and then they show like pictures of like carrots and Again, Brussels not sprouts, relevant. and and, and what, <laughs> what Rachel Ray doesn't realize is that if I didn't lock my dog in my bedroom when I leave, he would eat out of the litter box. It it doesn't. You don't have to have yummy food, Rachel Ray, for a dog to drag it off the counter. Uh, but what if? Here we go. <laughs> What if she moves into other pet supplies and she uh, craps the litter box and she makes a litter box like the one that I already have when I patent mine? What if she just decides because I'm Rachel Ray, I'm going to make the same kind of litter box as Paula Poundstone made? And um, she's asking how she might defend her patent. Got it. Right. I don't have the. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I understood what she was okay, saying. Yeah, see, I just needed to get us there at some point. I just wanted to hear it all. Yeah. If you had, if no, you had, and a I'll patent. tell you something. No, you won't. No, He'll answer. It's my. <laughs> she has it's more. my sense that Rachel Ray feels about me very much the way Gina Davis does. Oh, that, I agree with that. It's just it's something I've had a feeling. All okay. right. So my point being that Rachel Ray is filthy rich. Right, and I and you're the little I a, guy. I have a podcast. I have no money, so how would I, if we went to court? Right, wouldn't we have to go to court over a thing Let's like that? Let's just stick with how might she defend her patent. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, that's what I was saying. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. First, you have to have a patent, a registered patent. So let's start there. Oh, we're going to assume that she gets one. Now, okay. now we're going all the way back. All right. So let's say you get one. Yeah. That gives you the ability to file a patent infringement lawsuit in federal court. Federal exactly court. That's exactly what I'm going to do to fucking Rachel Ray. I, I'm filing, what is it? A patent a infringement. patent infringement lawsuit. Oh, I will wait man. until you have a patent. Before you sue Rachel Ray, who doesn't have a litter box? No, I feel like I'm, you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, but you maybe can file this in federal court. And okay. is it the kind of thing that like the little guy, like Paula Poundstone, yes, can go up against Big Rachel? That, well, no. It's a David Goliath kind of uh, scenario. Exactly. Yeah. It's about money. It's like any lawsuit. You yeah. have to have the money to withstand it. Right. To go through it. So, so you, I don't. And you could be screwed. Because of that. It happens all the time. You know, we were looking wow. for more of an uplifting uh, idea. Yeah, but that's just not what we're doing. You're, you're not screwed by me. Rachel Ray. Right, there it is. I don't like it. Yeah, I feel like um, we've built this thing boy, up to I'll a place you. where that if you see Rachel Ray anytime in the near future, you might slap her. Uh, no, and I would never no slap her. Why. But I got to tell you one thing no my idea. life is not tasting any better right now. Even with the sour cream? <laughs> I had Daisy sour cream just a few minutes ago. We might need some more of that. And it's my life my life is not tasting better because Rachel Ray is well, potentially yeah. stealing my patent idea. Right. And that's again, that's a big potentially because you don't have a patent and she doesn't have a litter box. Yeah. And and she has a dog that's not very well trained if it gets up on the counter and drags her dog food off the counter. Right. And now yeah. you're impugning her character as a dog owner. Fine. <laughs> No, it's her dog. I'm sure that'll it's come her out dog. In court. It might, maybe it's a rescue yeah, dog. Yeah, maybe no, she never knew it very well. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But it's okay. pulling her dog food yeah. off the counter. Could this be used as evidence in my uh, what is it patent infringement case? Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you. you why not? Thank you, Michael. Right, let's, let's move out of the I hypotheticals. See why, um, I see why Trump hired you. Um, You're <laughs> sharp. No. This legal stuff is sharp as a tack. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Tell us what can and can't be patented. Now, I guess I know there's patents and then there's trademarks, which is a different right. thing, and copyrights. Oh, I what didn't can know and that. can't be patented? Right. So, so theoretically, anything under the sun made by man is patentable, but there's all these thresholds you have to meet. It's, re it's really rigorous. Okay. So, it has to be novel, meaning that's new. That's the first thing. Right. It has to be useful. And it has to be this this is murky one called non-obvious, meaning that it can't be obvious to someone in the past who could add two things together to do the same thing that you're doing. Right. What do you mean non-obvious? Give me an example. So Peanut butter and jelly. Let's... Here's an easier one. Let's <laughs> let's say you have this table. Okay, we all know what a table is. Yeah. And and you come up with a different table that has a different uh, tabletop. The shape uh -huh. is a little bit different. Uh -huh. Well, some carpenter could have said, "Well, that's that's the next logical step." So you can't get a patent just because you made, you the made shape. an oblong table. Right. Yeah. Right. Huh. So it has to be a little bit more, and it's it's a little bit murky as in regards to what that is. But that's one of the, one of the thresholds. Yeah. And how do you differentiate it from a copyright? Totally different thing. So, okay. so copyright typically protects uh, art, music, uh, movies. So it's a novel creation, but in a in a specific medium. So you, exactly, okay. it has to be fixed in a tangible medium of, of expression. Is what gotcha. They say. So, um, all right. So let's take. A, so if Rachel Ray were to come up with I nobody listens to, to Rachel go, Ray podcast. Okay. <laughs> Oh, what, yeah. What, what, if Rachel Ray had nobody listens to Rachel Ray podcast, um, and she had ten thousand supporters. Uh, new supporters. Uh, would that be? Would would I? So should I copyright? Trademark. Nobody listen. Trademark. 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 Oh, we yeah, gotta we have to trade. We, we should trademark the name. Do you do trademarks? Uh, of too? course, absolutely. Excellent. We oh, should trademark the name of this podcast. It's a lot easier. Than, oh, than is copyrights? it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it easier than, than, than a patents. patent? Than patents. Patents the hardest thing to, to get. 
Why? Uh, because, you, you know, you, you need the examiner at the United States Patent and Trademark Office to read this patent, to interpret it, and then compare it to all the other patents that are out there. So it's uh -huh. a little bit subjective. Uh -huh. Whereas trademark, you just say, I'm the first person to say this, TM. Kind right, of, kind of. I mean, kind isn't, that, isn't that what legendarily <laughs> Lakers coach Pat Riley did with the term "showtime" for the Lakers? Yeah, kind of. He kind trademarked of. that, didn't he? Well, yeah. So, all right, trademarks are all in connection with goods and services behind it. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. So it's always so like Nike. All right. So Nike's a trademark in connection with apparel and shoes and things like that. Right. Let's move on to something that, that really fascinates me. Can you tell us what a patent troll is and oh. how these and how they work? Sounds scary. Well, they live in the base of a tree. That'd be little, a patent elf, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, maybe. Where I think do, trolls where, are where under are bridges. Oh, are they under bridges? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, patent troll. What is a patent troll, Michael? Okay, so patent trolls are these companies or entities, sh sometimes shell companies, okay. in which uh, they purchased... Tons of patents. Giant wads of patents. Portfolios of patents. They I review them I thought you just all. said it was really hard to get a patent. It, it is, but there's existing patents. These uh, are patents that somebody's that already purchase. gone and gotten, and then something happens. Sometimes they auction them off. There's the all 20 years of... went by? No, 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 no. No, it's still in effect. These uh -huh. patents are still in effect. Okay. They review all these patents, they analyze it, and they determine which ones are the best ones, the strongest ones, uh -huh. and they, uh, they will sue different companies and different industries based upon that. But they're not actually making the product. Right. They just collect the patents so that they can sue other companies. Exactly. Now, why is that legal? That sounds really dodgy. And I understand that there's that a lot of them are based in Texas because there's a federal judge that's very sympathetic to that. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Kind okay. of. So, so, so first of all, it, it technically is legal. Okay. All right. But there's been a lot of legislation. There's state legislation that's been pushed through to kind of curb it. And the Supreme Court case came out, which limited where they can file them. Okay. Uh, before... They would file it in Texas. And it was really easy just to bring, drag someone, a defendant, into Texas. Now, there's certain requirements that the- It's very hard to drag people into Texas now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you can't even- No, there's walls. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> you can't drag them from one side. So, wait a minute. So, I have a patent- and somebody has infringed it, and I would go to Texas to, yeah. to fight it? Yeah. You don't get to choose your court, do you? You do. You do. Oh, I cases. didn't know yeah. that. You well, could. Interesting. It's called forum shopping. No, I never heard of that. You help people get patents. That's right. You defend patents. That's true, too. Okay. And uh, do you- Do you ever do both for the same case? Yeah, I mean, just like with a wig or something, so you're over on one side. That. Well, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Your Honor, he should have the patent, and then you quickly run over to the other side. He should have the patent. Oh no, 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 no! I, I mean, like your, your, your clients, your clients. So you, you know, you're loyal to your you, you client. Can't be you can't loyal to jump over. You're loyal no. to yeah. your client. You have to be in this business. So they say. That me and Michael are in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what does Paula do before she has the patent if she really wants to rush this idea to market? File for it. Come see me. Disclose okay. to me what it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have a quasi-prototype, right? But you don't even need that. I don't think she does. Well, I do. She, ha she has it in her head. That's I good do. enough. No, she yeah. says she has no, a physical I do. Uh, working prototype. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, but but the patent takes a while to go through. Is there is she still protected if she's talked to you and started the filing process? I mean, how does that work? She's not protected until something is filed. Technically. Okay, but Wait filed, but have not you, granted. Like, that's a, the patent pending that we always hear about, right? Have you ever so, had a product, right. seen a product, and you look on the back of it, and, and like a plastic thing or something, it says pat pending? Right. Yeah. Does that mean that Rachel Ray could run right in and take your product? Anyone can say patent pending. All that means is that you file something as pending before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Does it offer you any protection to say a patent little, pending? Yeah, it does. It, it shows that you were the first person to file with the okay. government. Wow. Uh-huh. 
So you, that's what you need. Yeah. You need to stamp a, stamp a patent pending on the side of your box. I'll just write it with a marker or something. Yeah. Patent pending. Right. I would, I would get it printed probably or embossed into plastic, assuming this is a plastic litter box and not one made out of brick or something. Yeah, it is. It's, I don't want to say any more about it. <laughs> <laughs> so so just, just to review, Paula comes down to your office. She tells you that she's got an idea. You say, okay, great. We're going to start filing the paperwork. She goes home. She starts manufacturing the thing, writes with a Sharpie patent pending on it, and starts selling it in stores. And when Rachel Ray starts to horn in on her business, you can just take Rachel Ray to the cleaners. Depends how much Paula pays me. Yeah. Oh. Drag Rachel Ray into Texas. <laughs> I think she'll so all have we need second for the thoughts. To work is a van yeah. and her litter box. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you file it. You said it, you said it's hard to file. Is that what you said? It's not that it's hard to file. You just have to disclose all the details. Uh-huh. So here's the main thing: people yeah. have ideas, right? right? And, they th- and they say that's a great idea. I'm going to file a patent. But these abstract, vague ideas are not enough to get an allowed patent. Mm-hmm. So you have to really have sufficient detail. Describe what it is, what it does, how all the parts relate to each other. I know that with Paula, we will get a lot of details. Perfect. I don't know that they're going to be germane to the patent itself. Yeah, I'm going to uh-huh. draw the right. litter box and then and then the background, the house in the background. Right, and then uh, and then offer a quick story about how you sat behind Julie Andrews in the theater once, and you don't think she liked you. I never sat behind Julie Andrews, and she it's would an love example. me. She would love me. Oh, she she, I, would. You know what? Remember when she said to Lady Gaga, "My dear Lady Gaga." Do you remember that? It was at some award show, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was at the Academy Awards yes. when Lady Gaga sang Sound of Music. And Julie Andrews, all she said was, my dear Lady Gaga. I thought, man, if she would just say, my dear Paula Poundstone, I would let her in on my patent. That's wow. how strongly. That's wow. how strongly. Is that smart business, Michael Cohen? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. So I notice um, I've seen patent uh, applications before where they describe the product and they have this drawing yeah. of the a of diagram. the product. Yeah. It seems like it's a very specific style, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it does look like a recurring style. That's it, what you have to have. We would do that for you. So you have diagrams and patent illustrations that have Roman numerals next to it uh-huh. and they talk about what that thing is, what that element is yeah. within the patent. Does it have to be Roman numerals? It does. Wow. Whoa, now, why boy, is that? That's going to take higher education. Is that because it's a rule? It's, it seems like the it seems like the patent office is in the in the um, in the pocket of Big Roman. Have you? Um, <laughs> so, have you gone to court and fought for somebody's patent before? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I do. Yeah. And then no, I because I saw you in the hearings. Um, <laughs> And you have not cried once tonight, and I really want to congratulate you for that. different Michael Cohen. What the fuck? No, it is. This is not. Yeah, he's this is obviously not. younger and less, less, have, less Are you squirrely. younger than We are you the same agent, the other, though. Uh, Michael Co- I thought agent? you were about yeah, this yeah. the same age. No, he said agent. Uh, oh, agent. Oh, yeah. um, all right. So when you were in court and you fought for somebody's patent, can you tell us what the product was? I defended a lot of them. You defended yeah. patents. A lot of good yeah, Can you yeah, tell yeah. us a, a product that no, you defended? I mean, uh, we went up against Skechers for shoes. Skechers shoes? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what did Skechers steal? The concept of a. Well, no, they claim that, that our client stole something. Oh, oh, and what was that? Yeah. Shoes. The bottom of a shoe. The bottom well, of a sole. Remember when they had the bottom sole. of the shoe that you it supposedly it had, it had like a rounded sole and this supposedly uh, made you lose weight? By walking on that kind of shoe, when it turned, it was debunked. It turned out it wasn't true. It was so, false. You, so you had somebody who copied the phony 
a bad shoe. So here's the thing. You can also get a design patent. Yeah. Which is different than a utility patent. Okay. So there's another kind of patent yeah. which protects the ornamentality of how a like a bottom of a shoe looks. And Skechers wanted to protect that. Yeah. So this wasn't about the, the rounded part that Paula's uh, bitching about no, 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 right no, no, now. No, this no. is about, about the pattern yeah. on the bottom yeah. of the shoe. Yeah, the th- think uh-huh. of a tire. The tire treads, uh, if there's no particular functionality to it, but it looks like a certain way, yeah. they can file for a design patent. And oh, get that I didn't ornamentality know that. patent. Mm-hmm. It yeah. solved more than one Perry Mason, uh, and certainly uh, my cousin Vinny. Yes. <laughs> These are two instances where tire treads were relevant, Paula. Did you see my cousin Vinny and then you decided to be a lawyer? Yes, that was my inspiration. Yeah, that's exactly what I I thought. I I like how this guy rolls with the punches because there are so many punches. I can tell. Thank you, Michael Cohen, for answering all our inventive questions. Paula, what advice can you give our listeners about patents based on what you've just learned? You know, Adam, (laughs) my life is not tasting better now because I realize that my litter box... Could be under patent infringement. It could be. It could be. Do you need some sort of uh, accompaniment to this? I, I do. Ian Werfel, uh, house band, if you could give me a little background music. <laughs> to protect my litter box idea, I'm going to need to file a utility patent, and it's not easy. So I might need a guy like Michael Cohen to help me. So I'd better hurry, because he's going to jail soon. <laughs> I need a prototype, a diagram, and a and Roman numerals. I don't remember Roman numerals from the fourth grade, so I'm gonna have to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I could put a design on the bottom of the litter box, and not only would it delight the cats when they're thorough, but it could also further distinguish my product if I got a design patent. As a final safety measure against Rachel Ray infringing on my product, all I gotta do is mention Texas to her. Or even just a well-placed yee-haw. <laughs> Michael Cohen is an intellectual property attorney and the owner of the Cohen IP Law Group. Michael, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, Michael. Woo-hoo, yee-haw. Well, when we come back, if music be the food of love, you must be eating Daisy sour cream. More about why life tastes better with Daisy and see how well Paul and I harmonize with master singing instructor Jeremy Frank when nobody listens to Paula Poundstone returns. The Cat of the Week is Poppy from Freetown, Massachusetts. Ooh, thank you. Mysterious. Thanks for sharing that musical selection, house band Ian Werfel. Now, Paula, to remind our listeners, you and I are sampling things with Daisy Sour Cream tonight to test whether life does indeed go better with it. That's what they said. What, no, Tony, what was the direct quote, life, is, life tastes better? Life tastes better when you do it with Daisy. Yeah. Or just life tastes better with Daisy. Apparently, it's a common variant of that. I see. But um, I think do it with Daisy now, is just so suggestive. It is. It's suggestive yeah. of somebody having sex yeah. with Daisy. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's either Downright. like a Donald Duck thing or just a, boy, a big mess on the sheets problem. Okay. I'm glad we went there. Yeah. Um, now, I... No, I, I couldn't help notice that you're twisting a balloon animal. You know, I'm making a balloon animal. This is... Um, it isn't. This is a, a Dorito uh, with... Um, see, here's the Dorito. See? Right. And here's with sour the, cream on top? a dollop of sour cream. Well, you know what? That, that, that thing much. does look like a dollop of some sort. It's exactly what it is. Now, uh, now, um, now you mentioned a cow They're going to use this in the court... 
uh, when we go to court over whether or not life tastes better with Daisy. Yeah, I wonder gonna, if we can take this to the court. This is going to be exhibit I don't think we can. A. We should have asked Michael while he was here. Yeah. Now he's all the way over there, so we can't yeah. possibly answer him. But I, uh, I, I, I don't think that you can actually take a claim literally and then sue. Oh, I'd like to. Okay, maybe we I'd will. I'd like to become litigious. Well, I'm sure Michael will take your money in that regard. Um, if you want to get But I sure am feeling course. licorice. Are you feeling licorice? I'm feeling licorice. Well, what do we snack. got? It's not, well, you know what? Uh, your agent, Joshua, we're going to introduce in just a moment, brought some snacks. He brought some avocado oil barbecue potato chips. My agent, uh, Josh, and for those of you not in the show business, perhaps what you don't realize is um, uh, Josh gets 10% I'm gonna dip of this in everything cream. I make. And apparently it was enough for him to go crazy. He brought so many <laughs> snacks tonight. At the Rainbow Acres Nature mm. Food today because right. he's got tons of... Of snack foods here. Mm. Well, I don't know what I'm having—a chip of some sort—and I'm having it, ladies and gentlemen, with some Daisy, Daisy sour, sour cream. cream. And I have to say, I don't know if my life is going better, but that chip is going better with a little bit of sour cream. Now, before we introduce Josh, breaking news: Remember, you mentioned the cow sills and their milk advertisement. Hold on a minute. I'm calculating ten percent of today. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're eating it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh. <laughs> right now, Josh. It looks like you're in the red again. <laughs> Now, remember you mentioned the capsules, Paula? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. During the break, Tony they Anita They did a Hull, milk ad. Tony Anita Hall found it. Really? And sent it, and sent it to Anthony Alfaro on the, on the boards over here. And so now, for your listening pleasure, a little bit of the capsules milk advertisement. When you find that you're running down slowly And you need a lift that will last There's something that you should be knowing so listen, start filling your We found a quick and easy way to keep you going to the day. So wake up. Do a milk. Yeah. There you go. Milk there. You can ask the cow sells milk advertisement. Right. We can pot that down a little you bit. Guys, That's fantastic, though. Did you guys catch that sitar? Yeah, I no, mean, was there a sitar in there? Yes. Sounded like, Sounded like something it. pretty twangy there. Yeah, no, I didn't get, I, I didn't get that. Well, it's very sixties. It was, you know, yeah. I, sure I, that wasn't I, I a could, gamelan. I, I almost had like um, like knee high boots materialize on me as I was listening to that. No, it's very Partridge Family is yep. what it is. Yeah, oh, yeah Partridge yeah, Family. Partridge Family was based on the councils, I believe. Josh, were you in on that deal? Did you make that deal <laughs> for the councils? No, the, it was before the show? I did the Mikey ads. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so let's let's introduce him. Uh, Josh, let's welcome yeah. Paula's agent, uh, a man who claims that he was also Mikey on Life Serial. Yeah. Josh Pollock. Thank there you. Welcome, Josh. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for bringing all the snacks. Now, uh, mm-hmm. we have a very specific reason for bringing you here. Okay. Um, but before we it's get to, to that, get, so that you can have ten percent of the income from the podcast, yes, that's indeed. what the very specific reason. So was. you owe us. Let's calculate this now, Josh. <laughs> Josh, you probably spent a long, hard day on the phones getting me jobs. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Sent a bunch of offers to yeah. Bonnie. Did, Did you, you see him um, yet? No, I haven't. Did, Did you? Really? Do you do <laughs> cold yeah. calls, Josh? Do you just start at the first page of the phone book? You know, <laughs> Mrs. Adams. 
Would you like I, to have Paul Poundstone entertain at your house? Uh, I have done some of that on your behalf. Thank you very much. Now, there's That's another true. thing you've done on her behalf. What's yeah. that, Adam? It's podcast related, and I love okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, this man right here, your yeah. agent, oh, no. has added a rider to your contract, to Paula's performance contracts, <laughs> yeah. stipulating that each venue will hold one reserve seat aside for Thomas Coyne. That's true. It's, now, Thomas Coyne is our missing survivalist. On episode three yeah. of this podcast, he was supposed to come here and tell us how to survive a bear attack, and I guess Miranda Street done got him. Yeah. Because he never he, made it. He never made it. Never we don't know if us. he didn't survive a bear attack, if he was trying out his theory before he came on the podcast to talk to him, but he never made it, and so we have put out really a... Uh, a, a worldwide dragnet. Uh, yes. We have listeners go to our Facebook page and uh, put on an interactive map where they have looked for Thomas Coyne. And this, thank you, Josh, for this new innovation. Which this is, is a plea. Now yeah. this is an audio plea. Thomas Coyne, if you're out there, there is a seat for you at any one of Paula's upcoming <laughs> concerts. Now, Paula, um, where might Thomas Coyne be seated to see you soon? And, you know, this is like... This is very much like putting, uh, you know, cheese in a trap for a rat. We're going right. to find yeah. him. Right. By the way, Bonnie and I talked about that at length. About this writer? About not just that writer, but the... You can't talk to Bonnie about anything not at length. <laughs> That's not I'm true. Sorry. I'm sorry. While you were, were over you the to phone, Captain Crinkle? did you hear a crinkly you sound? Yes, yeah. Did you, were, were, uh, you ever notice that she's not listening to you at all when you talk and that she's just crinkling paper because she does that yeah. or she's Googling something? Right. And then um, there's the, the commonality that we share, which is the dog's. Right. Yeah, Bonnie's, so that in Bonnie's dogs bark whenever I am on the phone. And yes. what she has spent years saying to me is, mm-hmm. I don't know, they only do that when you're on the phone. And then That's, one day when Josh and I like yeah. met and we were talking one day, it turns out they bark when Josh is on. She's well, been telling well, well, no, she, she's she been telling you your agent. And she's been telling everyone. <laughs> she's been agenting that day. us. Yes. Uh, All right, so, so, so tell us where uh, you're going to be next. Okay, and then we can get well, to this I wanna, Josh, yeah. I want to thank you so much for this, um, for making a seat for Thomas Coyne at yeah. all my shows, and, and you obviously come from a very powerful agency that you were able to include that in the contract, yeah, and, and now um, I'd like to ask for a hotel room at some of the jobs. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. If that well, you would... were talking about the train earlier. Isn't that good enough to yeah, sleep on? I, 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 I love the train. Yeah, and your little uh, tent. That will be great. Yeah, that's true. All right. Anyways, I'm going to be, here's where we have a seat available for Thomas Coyne. I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado on May 3rd at the Paramount Theater. And Seattle, Washington on May 10th at the Moore Theater. Thomas Coyne, Thomas Coyne, Thomas Coyne. I was just calling him. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. pass a barbershop on one of those days and hear singing, it might just be me. Well, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But before we do, Josh, we brought you here for a very specific purpose. Uh-huh. Now, on our last show that we had you on, which was the one where we did the Butterfinger taste test. Yeah, that was a big episode. It was a big yeah. episode. It was your debut on this show. This is your second uh, appearance on this yeah. show. Now, uh, and I noticed that, a- that the rash from the new recipe Butterfinger is almost cleared up oh, yeah, on you're you. You're looking almost. good. You're looking yeah. very good. You could start taking meetings again soon, I think. Um, but you claim to have been Mikey from the Life Cereal commercials of the I, 70s. I, I didn't really... It was claimed upon me well, by whatever. you guys. No, no, you're the Mikey guy. I, I don't want to. No, 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 no. You're the Mikey guy. You and, didn't deny it. <laughs> and that, that true. There's still a lawyer in the room. You didn't deny it. What we couldn't resist <laughs> is you, as an expert, can really like we've been testing the claim. Life goes better when you do it with Daisy. Yeah. But you're going to test the claim that 
Life cereal goes better when you do it, Daisy. Now, Tony, Tony <laughs> the Hall is so serving Whoa. you up a bowl of life cereal with sour cream. That is going to be so yummy. Do, just like time? you did back in the days in your commercial. Yeah. Is we want you to. <laughs> I <taste> recognize <laughs> those beautiful pieces of cereal. Okay, so so uh, uh, Tony, get a picture of this because this yeah. looks. Great. Yeah. Are we ready? All right, yeah. Gonna so have what a bite of this. We have what a drum is he going to tell us? Break. Here we go. If it tastes, yeah. if life okay. tastes better with Daisy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sour cream's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. I'm feeling pretty you're, good you're about myself. You're going in for another spoonful, yeah. aren't you? Uh, yeah. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. It's we good. didn't even ask him. This is totally... You know, kind of, I, I got to say, the life cereal sort of clumps together when it's in with the sour cream. Uh, it's most not, things clump together inside sour cream. Yeah. Um, That's going to be Daisy's new ad. Most things clump with Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't can, think Donald's going to like that yeah, one. Yeah, most things clump with Daisy. I like, I, I like that. That's <laughs> Honestly, I think you can put sour cream on just about anything. It's and good. it's going to be delicious. Oh, Jesus, but the I, way I you that. suck up to these companies. Even if you're, even if <laughs> he's looking for 10% from Daisy. <laughs> and life. Yeah. But I, what's important here is that even if life itself doesn't go better with Daisy, yeah. Josh has attested that in a certain definition of life, as yeah. in the cereal, it does go life, better. Cereal. Th- so with if Daisy. you're if you're feeling absolutely licorice, you can even put uh, life cereal in Daisy uh, sour cream and it'll hit the spot. Is that correct? I'm I'm very pro sour cream on my life cereal. And as you guys know, I've got like 50 years of experience of doing right, this. Right, ever since you were Mikey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah back in 72. 72? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's a that Bob Seger that album, actually. But yeah. Is that 50, yeah. 72? Would that be 52 years? That would be Something 57 like yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I, no, it would be 47 years. I can't do that kind of math that quickly no, in my you head. It was a great audition. Uh, was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, looking at him right now, eating that live cereal, he likes it. Yeah. I do. Yeah, Josh do. likes it. See, Josh is the opposite of Mikey. The whole thing with Mikey is, you know, he won't eat it. He no. hates everything. But Josh is the opposite. It's like, he'll eat it. He'll eat anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, which isn't as compelling. Well, it does show you how much character work Josh had to do to play Mikey. Yeah, yeah, really. really yeah, it was a big, it was a deep dive as yeah, an actor. Deep dive as an actor, absolutely. Well, Josh Pollock, thank you so much for coming on and being our official taster. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to my recurring... <laughs> Act. Well, this, this, this was the recurrence podcast. right here. Right. This, this right here. Recurrence need only yeah. signify one it's the, more. Um, is, oh, so you're saying this is the finale? I'm not saying anything. Who knows? Okay. You know, but, but, you know, thanks. I Just, hope, you uh, know, I did the deal on the podcast. So. Well, you did. Yeah, he you did. did. He got that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not did. saying you're not coming back. He did and the he, deal uh, on the podcast. You can stay in your trailer till till. I can uh, renegotiate the, the, the deal, Adam. Oh, you can renegotiate the podcast deal? On even tougher terms? Well, with or without some people. Oh, oh. I see what you're saying. Oh, we're so, going to need you back, Josh. Uh, I think Adam Felber wouldn't be on every episode. Is right, that what I you're saying? I don't guarantee him a recurring oh my role. Gosh, yeah. that would I mean, be there are a like lot of people from Massachusetts on this thing. Wow, yeah. Yeah. this does Probably feel like a conflict. A lot of, of interest. people clamoring for this role that Adam has as well. Yeah. Are they really? kind of like playing you? Yeah. All right. Okay. When we come back, that's enough. We will have some harmony. Thank you, house band Ian Werfel. That was percussion, which you don't normally find in a barbershop quartet. How's that for a segue, Paula? Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, what you do find in a barbershop quartet is harmony. And a few weeks back, uh, you might remember, we had master singing instructor Jeremy Frank here teaching Paula how to sing the national anthem. 
And now... I remember that. Now it's time to up your game, I think, because you and I were talking, and we were both like, one thing that neither of us do in our various degrees of musical ability is sing harmony. So, here to teach us how to harmonize like a barbershop quartet, please welcome the associate choir master of the Los Angeles Opera, our returning champion, Jeremy Frank. Thanks. It's nice to be back. Thanks oh, for coming back, back Jeremy. <laughs> now, 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 you taught Paula how to sing the national anthem, and it was a hugely successful uh, segment. I can't I tell you how many job <clears throat> offers. Josh, can you weigh in on that? How, how many, many job, job offers, offers have Paula I gotten since I learned how to sing yeah, the ball, national anthem? Ball teams from single A to triple A all over the country have been yeah, asking you to sing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and we really do appreciate it. That was a great segment. I think it, has, it, it accounted for at least... Six or seven thousand of the ten thousand plus new members that we've because we're so up to ten thousand and ten easily to, to, during the taping <laughs> I mean, of this show. We don't have any of the official numbers in yet, but I'm thinking I it's don't probably going to push up towards yeah. eleven thousand at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's ask you some crucial questions about harmony. Yes. What is it? <laughs> so uh, you know, melody is the obvious thing that we start with in music. Yeah. Where, right. You know, you have a tune. The song goes this way. It's like that. Uh huh. It's the obvious part. It's the obvious part. A lot of professionals call it the no duh part. Right, exactly. (laughs) The way the song sounds part. Mm -hmm. So, exactly, the way the song sounds. So, the thing about harmony is uh, if you like crossword puzzles, it's a little bit like a crossword puzzle. So the melody Bonnie, is Bonnie, like... would you stop talking back there? <laughs> Hold on a second, Jeremy. <laughs> Captain Crinkle has decided ra- that rappers weren't enough. She was going to use her own voice to whisper behind my back. It was a stage whisper. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it was a stage whisper. Like, she, she, she could have been in Hamlet. No. Like, he's behind the curtain! No. <laughs> she was Christ. She was talking to Josh, and y- you know what she said to Josh? What? I get 15%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quiet down over there. Okay, so okay. if a melody is like a horizontal answer, yeah, uh, the harmony in one way is like another horizontal answer in the crossword puzzle. But the thing about crossword puzzles is the answers have right answers that go horizontally and vertically, uh-huh. and harmony works exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's essentially a set of melodies that sound. Uh, consonant together okay. and uh, therefore pleasing to listen to. And they also have these vertical implications so that if you stopped at any given moment in time, uh, those notes would either make some kind of chord a that chord, we recognize like a on a thirds or fifths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Is, or, there, is there a numerical uh, way to find what the harmony is? I'm so glad you asked. There's actually some beautiful physics behind all of this. Really? For real. So the uh, ancient Greeks uh, found out that if you take, for instance, a length of string, let's say you're going to play a guitar, Uh uh, and you just pluck it, that is the note that it is. Right. But if you stop that uh, string exactly halfway of the vibrating distance, let's say this was the original note, Uh and you stop it halfway, you get the octave above. One exact octave. One exact octave. Fantastic. And that's how all sound waves, if I'm playing a flute and I play a fingering that makes the tube a certain length, and I play a different fingering that makes the tube half as long, mm-hmm. it's an octave higher. Wow. And not just octaves. So like if you make, uh, if you go to the two thirds point of the string, then it becomes a perfect fifth. If you and go that to, sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. If you go to the uh, three fourths, 
point, it makes a perfect fourth, like here comes the bride, uh, and so on and so on. It turns out that almost every uh, adjacent uh, ratio number makes some uh, recognizable harmony, vertical harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, and do the like really crooked numbers with a lot of decimal points sound bad? Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. Wow. They sound really Dissonant. out of tune. Oh, wow. Really out of tune. Can Yoko Ono be explained numerically? <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> well done. Well done. Although she just had a big uh, a big thing at the L.A. Phil, I think. They did like a big uh, celebration of her. Really? So And it yeah. got great reviews, actually. Oh, well, good for her. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not quite my cup of tea, but, you know. Right. Um, so uh, let's let's move on to to um, if I was writing or reading music, how would I know where the harmony notes were? So uh, it sort of depends on the style of music that you're doing. So most vocal music, the top line is usually the melody. Okay, uh, that's not necessarily the case. So the reason I wanted to choose barbershop is because the second highest line is the melody. And uh, oh. there's harmony. There's both. a high harmony and a low harmony. There's a high harmony and a lo- and two low harmonies. Oh yeah, uh, and so it's it's kind of challenging. It's a little ambitious. It's very ambitious. It's not for ambitious. us. Well, you know, not for us. Paula Paula now knows how to sing one song thanks to you. You're right. Yeah. And, and although I have um, I've been somewhat musical all my life, mm-hmm. one thing I've never been able to do is sing harmony because nobody's ever shown me exactly how to do it, and I tend to end up singing the melody every okay. time. Okay. Oh yeah, that was me with row row uh, with the uh, with the. Um, um, what is that called? Uh, the round. Like the round. round. Like round. Oh, yeah. I always just joined in with the second group when I was in the first group. Well, and that's not even harmony. That's a, counterpoint. I'm a, uh, what's it called? No, it's not harmony. Yeah, it's uh, it's two groups. Yeah. Um, it's a round. It's, I, yeah, it's a round. I, I'm just and a joiner. Sort of, that's the thing. That's okay. You know, one of the things about um, harmony is it does require you to establish your musical independence but simultaneously be with a group of people. And it's, it feels good when you do it, right? Why I mean, is it that it feels good. so good when you so, do it? Um, so you know how we were talking about the physics of music it reminds just a couple me, of minutes ago. It reminds yeah, me of <laughs> Harry Potter and Voldemort's wand, the way they connect. Now, I don't know that it felt good to Harry Potter because he was about to be killed. But um, but there was a connection between the two wands that feels the same to me as when two voices connect in harmony. Well, there's something about that. You know, um, when you... Have, let's say Phoenix I'm feather is that what it is? Phoenix feather? Because that was. I think it was a phoenix tail feather. Yeah. Was it yeah. tail feather? Yeah, that was so, a solution in Harry Potter. <laughs> so let's say we have like a chord okay. um, made up of those beautiful physics notes that we had just a few minutes. That was ago. a major chord mm-hmm. right there. That's a major a one, a three, chord a five, right there. and a one at top. Very well done. Okay. Yes, yeah, I can hear it. Let's say uh, I want to put some tension there. That's essentially a 5-7 chord that is going to resolve back to that original chord. Oh, nice. So let's say this is the Harry Potter chord. The good, like, everything's right in the world chord. Yeah. Right. Uh, Which it wasn't when he was dueling Voldemort. No, but, not well, necessarily. Paul reads that story differently no, but than the, a lot but of people the, do. But the way the wands connected, okay. it was a connection that was... A, uh, it is a it was, it was mysterious. The connection was mysterious. Well, okay. we're looking for the... Uh, the guts of the music happen where tension happens. Mm-hmm. So this chord over that has a lot of dissonance in it. Yeah. We long for this. It needs we resolve. long for dissonance? It, we do long for dissonance uh-huh. because the resolution anybody could write, even yeah. I could we write We long that. for dissonance, wow. just have kids. <laughs> I've heard get that all the, never resolves. Go, get all the dissonance you want, just have, yeah. I, I have a, a conductor friend who says, um, it's like Mae West. When I'm good, I'm good, but when I'm bad, I'm better. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> 
So, and, and in fact, he also says uh, the composer Wagner, who wrote chords like this, which is yeah. the Tristan chord, a very famous opera. Um, it's like four hours of this chord resolving to other versions of that chord. He says he, in essence, destroyed Western music. What a dick! Well, except for it, <laughs> it creates all of these opportunities, though, for us to find maximum dissonance going to maximum dissonance. Now, barbershop music, on the contrary, is mm-hmm. all about kind of ruling out those very jazzy chords. Okay. They are intentionally... Pretty square, then. Pretty square in a certain way. You mentioned uh, in Why the is intro, it called barbershop quartet music? Because they originated in barbershops in the, uh, they were in the, the barbershop. 80s and 90s. Yeah, when guys uh, just sat around having their hair cut all day. Well, yeah, and it was a place for them to hang out. Yeah. And it was um, heavily influenced by the African-American community mm-hmm. um, and then was later co-opted by white people. Yeah. Um, and, and then they started wearing those striped shirts, which I'm guessing well, never really happened with, with uh, the African-American so, community. No. And in fact, what happened was like most prominent black musicians of the early 20th century became jazzers and really in a significant way influenced American music. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, barbershop more or less died out in the 1920s. Until, Not at Disneyland, my friend. Today. Well, that's because of a revival by a group called the S-P-E-B-S-Q-S-A. I'm not making that up. In 1938, the Society for the Preservation and Encouragement of Barbershop Quartet Singing in America um, revived this tradition. We came this close to naming our show that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now. But it was trademarked. I'm I'm sure sure they trademarked. We were going to. And then we found. When we we filed. Michael Cohen coming over and filing a subpoena. Yeah. yeah, When we filed for the (laughs) trademark, it turned out it had already been claimed. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know, so they they essentially revived this tradition. Tradition and sort of created it in in a new image, and this is when we got things like striped striped things and and uh, striped shirts, <laughs> striped shirts, and the Dapper Dan's and the Buffalo yeah. Bills yeah. who sang on I Music love the Man, Strawbellers. Uh, indeed. And it, I would love to call them a barbershop harmony mafia, except for I think that they actually are a force for good. Uh, this organization still exists with a different name now. They're called the Barbershop Harmony Society. And they actually have contests throughout the yeah, BHS, throughout sure. the country, throughout the world, in fact. And one great thing about barbershop is that um, the highest level of it, those people are serious musicians. Yeah. But it is something that you can kind of pick up with a group of friends. And in fact, when you go to the BHS uh, website, there are literally thousands of different tunes that you can learn to sing there. You can download a Yeah. You know and what? you don't even you know have to read there's... because they'll teach it to you with tracks. And wow. I have this great <laughs> idea right now, and I don't know if I should be giving it away like this. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Is it a you know, litter box? No, it's not a litter box thing. Okay, you know how Tinder, like you, um, it tells you like who in your vicinity you could fuck, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> what if there was a barbershop quartet app, and it told you like who in your vicinity Wants you to sing could harmony. sing a, a, a barbershop quartet song with? Wow, uh, this could be even smaller than Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is going to be smaller, Adam. Because really, well, because I feel like it, people like sex more than barbershop quartet music. <laughs> yes, but um, very few STDs get transmitted <laughs> through barbershop quartet music. This is true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that we know. It's a safe yeah, way to spend you know that, so that no <laughs> right. one ever goes. So here is my love song. Ow! That's <laughs> right. would be if you get an STD from. But that was that was the burning of. 
Yeah. In, in, in one's genitals <laughs> was, right there that you were That was the enacting. burning of the buffaloes. The burning of the buffaloes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's shuffle off to Buffalo, as it were. And uh, I understand that you've prepared some barbershop quartet harmonies for us to learn yeah. right now. Yeah, and uh, I made this very malleable. So uh, what I'd like for us to start with is us as a group singing okay. the main okay. melody all together. To right, Danny Boy. That. To Danny Boy. Danny Boy. We're doing Danny Boy. We have the is, lyrics in front of us right here. Yeah, and it's, it's not a, a song I know very well, by the way. Well, I'm I'm a little sad to hear that. You know, this well. is a very old Irish tune <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from like the 18... I mean, I've heard it, but it's, you know, yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not in my DNA. You know, well. I uh, really appreciate you making yourself that vulnerable in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but let's uh, sing, oh, Danny boy. Yeah. So you know, it, this is a dangerous neighborhood that we're in. <laughs> but when the uh, thieves and criminals that hang around in this area find out that you get sad when someone doesn't know Danny boy. <laughs> That's a weakness they're going to exploit. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, they're yeah. just waiting for that. Yeah, they're not going to so put much sadness around Danny Boy anyway, right? Because it's not just you're not just sad um, that I don't know it. You're probably sad every time you hear it too, right? Well, this does get sung a lot at funerals. In fact, at John McCain's funeral, this was sung by one of the most famous opera singers that we have now, Renee Fleming. Oh, but, I didn't but, know but that. But his name was John. Well, mm. yeah, yeah, but. Uh, it's, it's the idea of being separated from somebody that you love, probably by death. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Thanks for going easy on that idea. You know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. here's how this goes. Okay. Let's just all take a stab at it. Good luck, everybody. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from Glen to Donald Trump's not at my funeral. <laughs> it seems like uh, this, yeah. yeah well, that was really so fun. That's sort of how that goes. <laughs> I, had to, I admit I had to follow you on the melody a little bit. That's okay. Just because you don't know. Exactly. I don't want to make you sad again, but he doesn't know, Danny. <laughs> I don't know it real well, okay? Yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. It's a, it's a pretty tune. It's an old tune, but uh, for the sake of our purposes, okay. now I think we should enlist uh, Tony Anita Hull. Tony Anita Hull. Tony, Tony Anita Hull, come here. And I think we should just plow ahead and sort of see what we get. Okay. So uh, the girls are going to sing that melody that Uh-oh. we just sang. I okay. feel a lot of pressure. Good already. luck. I'm going to so play the piano with all of us. There. Get, get near that microphone. And uh, the boys over here, we're going to learn a different melody. Right. Uh, that goes with that melody. And this one's a little bit boring. It's a little bit like one note Is Susie learning singing. it going to be boring? Because we can stop No, that's going to be super exciting. You're going to okay. love okay. it. So uh, I'm going to sing a phrase... 
and then you repeat it. Okay. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. From Glen to Glen and down the mountainside. From Glen to Just for one second, press pause to be like, that's super fantastic road learning. I want some. I'm not going to hold on to it. As soon as that's okay. Saying, that's okay. Like, oh, you know what? Boy. It will be whatever okay, it's going to okay. be. Um, okay. So now. Okay. So now we're going to try to sing this. We're going to try time. and sing that far I'm going to move a little closer to you because I feel like if I'm cued in with you, I might be able to ignore what's going on with help. Paula and Tony. And um, dare I say it, uh, we should be bold and sing loud. Uh-oh. Kind of, because in a way, <laughs> no, in a way, it's gonna. Um, if if one of our goals is to establish musical independence, that kind of, uh, you know, you gotta do it with gusto. You gotta do it go with big gusto. or sound awful. And sounding awful is perfectly fine. Okay, go big and sound awful, everyone. Okay, you ready? So, oh, Danny boys, you guys, and we're oh, Danny boys. Okay, I'm just gonna play our okay. parts together. Okay, one, two, go. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling From glen to glen and down the mountainside The summer's gone and all the roses falling It's you, it's you Oops, sorry Actually, you guys did better than I did. I was like trying you to tend to. I did go to the melody. But you left me all alone down there. I sure Derby. did. Sorry about that. Wow. But hey, we just sang. I bided. That's okay. I, no, no, we sang the end. I, think, I feel like if I actually took the time to listen to what they were doing, I would have lost it. Yeah, you shouldn't. I have to ignore Not them. yet. Not yet. You yeah. have to uh, kind of believe in your part as the only part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's what he does to me all the time. <laughs> I've noticed just that, say actually. that about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But here, oh, yes. here oh, no. it's yeah. a I must virtue. Bide. Here what it's does a virtue. bide mean anyways? Oh, to stay. Oh, this is old timey pride. text. The, the poem comes from 1916. Oh. Or something like that. Oh, that decade, stay. anyway. I must bide. So now huh. you got two words this week that and licorice. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to try that again? I think we should yeah, try that again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, even closer to you. I'm yeah, I love this. Here. But I think they could go louder, right? Uh, you could go louder. And I'm going to dub. Uh, it's a little low for them, which is partly why. Because um, I did that strategically. Okay. okay. Uh, but. He took one look at me and he made it low. And I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna play your part up an octave, and I'm gonna tempt fate. What are you gonna do? 
I'm going to add a bass line that nobody's going to sing. We're going to sing our part. Okay. They're going to sing their part, but we're going to add. You're going to play like, a bass line. I'm going to play a low bass line. Little, like on, if this, we, on this wonderful, he brought a keytar. Oh, oh my God, God, I'm panicking. No, it's, it's going to be great. Guitar, it's a piano so right. our part is, oh, Danny boy. Yours is, oh, Danny boy. Okay. But I want I want to add a little something to it. I, just just yeah. I, I think what we sour need cream? Daisy sour cream. We need cream. some daisy sour cream. <laughs> we need jo- Josh over there. We need you to um oh, to to eat some sour boy. cream if you don't mind. Life and um, tastes better with Daisy. <laughs> See, I knew your voice lived down there. It's <laughs> no, beautiful. That's, that's really nice, Paula. That's, that's, that's I think they've got delightful. a new jingle. Oh and yeah. And it's not under copyright protection anymore. That tune. Is it? So, oh, Danny Boy old. isn't? Oh, no, it's boy. a very old tune. That's public domain. So, Josh, ka <laughs> so, so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to, um, Ian Werfel, could you add a little percussion? Sure. Just a little rattly mm. percussion. I mean, obviously you're going to have to follow along because, because Jeremy's <laughs> doing it at, at his own tempo. And I would like us to do it as though we are both drunk and sobbing. Oh, yes. Just like how it be, really is meant to be How Danny performed. Boy is in real yeah. life, done. Okay? <laughs> so, so, just to, so we're going to have you on the piano, Jeremy. Yeah. And you and I doing the bass part. Okay. And Paul and Tony doing the melody. Mm-hmm. And Ian doing some percussion. Mm-hmm. And Ian, if you, do, you can sob too, okay? Drunken sobbing, Danny Boy. I don't know if I can do it, drunken sobbing. <laughs> Tony, Tony's already crying. <laughs> okay, good luck, everybody. Are we just doing those first four phrases? I think that yeah, would be a major success. Yeah, I don't think we're any further than that tonight. Yeah. We're already over time. <laughs> okay, here we go. One, two, go. <gasps> oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are Thomas Coyne is biting. Uh, we're probably just going to save this for the outtake reel or for next uh, next year's bonus episode. But Paul and I are now going to attempt, or to for sing. my funeral, or which is funeral. really coming <laughs> yeah, together in these last really, few episodes. Absolutely. Now we have a, a <laughs> contrabassoon and this. And I want to set you up for maximum success here. Okay. So All let right, me start you. you each with your first okay. four notes. Okay. Paula, you're oh, Danny boy. And okay. Adam, you're oh, Danny boy. That's it. Okay. okay, good luck. Ready and go. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are Start again. Uh oh. That's all right. We're going to keep going. All but right. let me start you out all again. Right. The, the summer's, summer's gone. gone. The summer's gone. And together, one, two, go. The summer's gone. And Yeah. 
I was yeah, no. like, no, I reached for, I went way down on the melody there, but, but, no, but um, to be perfectly honest, that was like 70% for real accurate. Like 70%. For, like 70%. That's a passing grade. I will take that for like a first rehearsal for people who I'm teaching by rote. I'm, I'm quite happy with it. All right. Well, you know, if we can get 70%. Right. Then we could have our faces photoshopped onto professional singers and get into college. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Frank is the associate chorus master at the Los Angeles Opera and a lecturer in the vocal arts department at USC. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on our show. That was awesome. Thanks. It's my pleasure to be back. <laughs> we will be right back after this word from Maximum Fun. This is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident. Accident of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Hey, it's Janet Varney of the JV Club Podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into what I like to call our adult lessons. For example, you can hear about Allison Bree's humiliating moment at a gymnastics competition. You can hear about Jesse Thorne's incredibly salty language in English class, or you can let Busy Phillips tell you how she met Sharon Stone at an Arizona toy fair somehow. You can join me and all my once awkward friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club at MaximumFun.org. We're back. Paula, we sang harmony together, kind of. We did. That was really we did. fun. We did. Our wands were joined. Yes. Voldemort. <laughs> Ew. Oh, welcome back, all you nobodies out there listening. Now, Paula, before we hit the home stretch of this show, you and I have been testing um, an advertising slogan today. We got to check back in on Daisy Sour Cream's right. claim that uh, it's, it's life, more of a slogan than it's a, a claim. No, it's a claim. It's no, a it's claim. Not, you're claiming it's a claim, but it's, it's, a, it's no, a it's a claim. Okay. It, they claim that life tastes better when you do it with Daisy. Right. Which I now we are not testing to me, the to me heads would roll at the advertising agency. If you said that, because it does uh, yeah. sound a little bit lascivious. It's, it's a little bit gross. And in the song, they say you don't need a spoon. They specifically say you don't need a spoon, which I would think the CDC would be all over them about that. They say you don't need a spoon? Yeah, they do. They, they say you also don't use need the word dollop, as I remember, although yeah, that seems like it, it was hours ago, because this has been a crazy podcast. This has been <laughs> this is a just crazy. completely batshit yeah. podcast. Yeah. You know uh, how like sometimes there's a unifying theme? There was not tonight. Oh, there you was, didn't feel the theme? Sour cream? No. Barbershop quartets? No. Uh, copyrights? No. Patents? No. 
it was, was kittens. You didn't feel the kitten theme? Uh, I guess that I missed that <laughs> particular yeah, the thing. the theme was kittens. Well, that's adorable. Tonight. Then I'm all for it. I'm um, for what we did tonight. So I got to say, with Doritos, yes. my Daisy sour cream tasted delicious. Right. I cannot say that my life overall, hold it. My life doesn't taste better. Your life doesn't taste better? My life does not taste better. I think in the I'm moments when I- am as blind today as I was yesterday. Wow. Yeah. I feel like in the moments when I was actually eating things with Daisy sour cream that my, well, it tasted better and to an extent my life tasted better. Yeah. But I think, you know, we've, we've usually debunked these claims, but watching your agent, Josh- <laughs> Um, oh. Eating life cereal with Daisy sour cream, yeah, and proving that literally life yeah. tastes. My career's in that guy's hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> so watching him do this yeah. made me worry about your career, but also yeah, sort absolutely. of believe in Daisy's slogan. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was certainly my life tasted better while I watched Josh right eat life life cereal with Daisy with Daisy sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the good folks at Daisy Sour Cream, you're the first non-debunked slogan we've had, so uh, yeah. feel free to advertise on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Yeah. And remember, you can always reach us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com, and you can find me and Paula on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You know, Adam, the only way we can keep Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone available to the listeners who are kind enough to tell me they're getting a kick out of it is to get more listeners to join in the fun. If you're not growing, you're, you're shrinking. Exactly. We need our nobodies who are somebodies to us. Oh, every one of them. To tell their friends about our podcast. That, of course, as you know, Adam, can be an awkward conversation in any friendship. So I've written some simple, simple dialogue that listeners might use. This is actually something that listeners might use. Yeah, listeners might now, use I, this. I, I want to tee this up in the beginning. To because share with their friends yeah. about their experience. Now, of in previous weeks. How it's affected their lives. Yes, okay. In previous weeks, you've written simple sample dialogue. Yeah, it's, I want it's it to been, be it's simple. Been, it's been kind of disconcertingly specific. The kind of sample dialogue that nobody would ever really say because it's such a very specific situation. Everyone counts, Adam. They all count. They all count. But so, yeah. I would say some of them recently have been ones that like I can't even imagine this conversation taking place. No, these conversations are quite natural. You're let telling me, me give, that this one's very. Let, this let one's me very... give you an example. Here okay. it is. Yeah, okay. uh, this week's, week's simple sample, sample dialogue. dialogue. Okay. Listener. Okay. And we got nothing to feel guilty of. Our love can climb any mountain. Listener's friend. That is incredible. Congratulations on the success of your Bee Gees tribute band. Oh, here we go. Is that the only song that you do? For so long, you and me been finding each other for so long. For God's sake. Listener's friend, that's amazing. You sound just like them. Lots of people think about starting a Bee Gees tribute band with a full repertoire, but what made you actually do it? <laughs> oh, that's easy. I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I laugh so much, it leaves me feeling full of possibilities and Bee Gees music. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Tell me how deep is your love? Oh, wow. See what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I do. And what I see is that you're, you're fucking with me. 
You are. This, you are because this, been, it's this almost dialogue. inconceivable that this could happen, this dialogue. No, this dialogue is we're going to get a lot of listeners that have always secretly wanted to have Bee Gees tribute well, bands. Well, it's not even secretly wanted. It's not even secretly wanted. The way you've written this dialogue, we would have to be targeting our listeners who actually at this moment have Bee Gees tribute bands. They're all over. Do you travel? I, I, I travel some. They're, they're all over. BG tribute is, bands. This is a thing in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you asking me or telling me, Paula? No, this is a thing. It doesn't in, feel like a thing, a thing at thing all. It's a thing in Thailand. It's not a thing It's anywhere. practically driving Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> is that what's driving Brexit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, we got nothing to feel guilty of. I don't, I don't know even sure which song that one is. Nothing to feel it's guilty about. It's the one that goes like this. <clears throat> and we got nothing to feel guilty Oh, of. that one. I love to Oh, just say no more. Yes, okay. Near or far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our show for tonight. <laughs> Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam DeFelber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Ian Werfel. You were fantastic, man. And thanks again to our guests, Michael Cohen and Jeremy Frank, and extra special guest, Josh Mikey Pollock. Our head of security is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Was he here tonight? He yeah. was here. Oh, he certainly was. That's why no crime took place. <laughs> no crime took place on this show how except our singing. Your love, and deep is your that love. BG's Gees thing. Tell me how deep is your love. Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me for your special Paula Poundstone discount. Use code Paula Poundstone so when placing long. your order at transcribeme.com. For so long. And feeling that I feel for you is growing strong, girl. That's our show for tonight. (laughs) Won't somebody please listen to me? Well, you can't tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. No time to talk. Music loud. Women warm. I've been kicked around since I was born. Now it's all right. Okay. You can't look the other way. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported